Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Manchie over at Kimberly. Coach, summer's winding down. How are we doing over there? You're looking tan. Yes. Hey, just right came now. back from vacation, just like yourself. We got a little beach life there for a for a week, and really got to recharge your batteries. Which you know, we told everybody, coaches, families, athletes, get out there and, and take a week off. You know, we always say that recharge your batteries. But when you come back, then you got to give after it, and that's exactly what we've both been doing. And we're excited. We got a great guest on today, and we'll uh, get this thing started. Yeah, I left my chain in North Carolina, so. For those of you that follow my Instagram, I, I left the chain in North Carolina. It's there. If I go back, I'm sure it'll still be in the same spot I left it. You and Culver uh, Lang, right? Oh, come on now. Hey, uh, Dean, tell us what we got going for Fox Valley Throws before we uh, before we get going here. We got sessions um, finishing up this week, and then next week is the last week. Next week's a dead week for uh, football, and then July there. And then we're going to start some August sessions on starting on August 3rd. And we're going to go uh, eight sessions in August, right before school starts. And it's another great opportunity for kids to get out there and separate themselves in the summer. That's awesome. And again, you know, get get involved, you know, just because you're done, you know, maybe you're done with your strength training, your schools, a lot of schools and their summer strength training, you know, when, when the fall sports start up, but, you know, be, be active, you know, summer's not done. It's still, you got chances to improve no matter what your sport is, make sure you get out and take, take advantage of those. And obviously Dean is, probably the top throws coach in, in the state. So, you know, you got an opportunity to throw them, uh, do that. Sports Advantage, obviously, our summer programs are going strong. Uh, we are going to run our school year specials here coming up in the next four or five weeks where you can get your school year memberships, take advantage of those. Obviously, our memberships are unlimited. Um, I know we had a girl, I, I just looked, Dean, um, Tarek Sala's daughter, Allie oh, yeah. Sala. Um, incredible young lady. Um, She's trained over 150 times in a year, um, over 150 times. It's been, it's been incredible. So she averages three times a week and we have a bunch of kids like that. So we love those unlimited memberships for kids. Uh, we're open seven days a week during the school year. Uh, it allows kids that are in season to keep training as, as I'm sure our, our guest is going to attest to that, that how important that is. Um, so yeah, take a look out for those and, and, and Dino, you know, we got some pretty big news coming out from Sports Advantage here. I'm not going to share it on the podcast, but it's 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 going to send some some pretty big shockwaves across our state. So a lot of uh, Wisconsin fans take take a look here the next week. Uh, we got a couple big names uh, announcements coming from Sports Advantage. So I don't want to share it right now. I'm too too excited. But anyways, we want to get to our, our guest, Coach Michael Derone, wrestling coach. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, man? Man, we're awesome. We're fired up to have you on here. We love we love having our wrestling coaches on here because you guys bring a lot of intensity and a lot of energy. We had Coach Davis on yeah. a few months ago and, and just in talking with you here before, uh, this is going to be awesome. So, Coach, for our listeners, why don't you just give us a little bit on your background and where you've been and what you're doing right now? Okay. Um, yeah, well, I know uh, sometimes these get a little bit long-winded. I'm a podcast junkie, too, and sometimes it gets long. And I, I've been on a couple podcasts and been long-winded, so I'm going to keep it short. Um, I, uh, I grew up in New Hampshire, actually, out on the East Coast. Um, started wrestling as a freshman in high school out there. Um, had two really, really great high school coaches. Uh, both are Hall of Fame coaches. Um, and just fell in love with the sport. Um, then uh, wrestled in college all the way through at Plymouth State University, which is a Division three school out there. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was young, but uh, I knew I wanted it. I knew I had to go to school and I knew I had to keep wrestling. And so I did that. I was undecided my first couple of years. And then uh, I started taking some of the um, Phi Ed classes. And, um, and then I was like, OK, wait a minute. So you're telling me that I could get paid to play dodgeball and have my summers off, sign me up, man. And so I thought, <laughs> okay, so I studied PE. And, um, but it, interestingly enough, then um, I, I really um, just used my, my education there as far as like uh, in coaching. Um, so basically I still say I'm like a, I'm a PE teacher, but we only teach the wrestling unit and also, uh, you know, the strength and conditioning unit. So um yeah. So I went, I got right into coaching. Um, so my college coaches were from Wisconsin, both of them wrestled at UW Stevens point, but that was a connection that got me out here. And, um, so really, um, I started really my, my coaching career, I would say, um, 
uh, at UW Oshkosh with Larry Marchionda. If you know Marsh, um, he's a just an amazing individual. He just had his uh, 80th birthday, um, and we were there, and he's just incredible. So, um, so I coached there at, at UWO and um, was there for two years as an assistant, and then became head coach for six years. Um, and uh, you know, during that time, that was a part-time position. I was also coaching part-time for the Wisconsin Wrestling Federation as the state coach, and um, and we had a lot of fun. That uh, that that was a great experience because. You're coaching really high level kids who, you know, guys who went on, they made Olympic teams or, um, you know, Alex Deringer won three national titles for Oklahoma state, like some really high level kids. And um, so we, we had a lot of success with that. And then um, I was at Lakeland university at that time it was Lakeland college actually for four years, um, uh, 2010 to 14. And, um, you know, had a great time there. And uh, it's really a, a unique place, a really a, a great like family environment, but um, was uh, provided an opportunity to get to UW Platteville and was the head wrestling coach there for seven years. And uh, what really drew me there is, um, you know, I got to be the head wrestling coach, but I also um, started really diving deeper into the strength and conditioning side of things. And so I was an assistant strength coach there. So I was working with, I was training my team, but also training like uh, women's volleyball, softball, um, some of the track athletes, uh, you know, soccer, different years. And so that was really cool to kind of grow as a professional there at Platteville. Um, but my wife is from Two Rivers, um, you know, up here, which is, uh, you know, a little bit south of Green Bay. Um, and she had been wanting to move back to raise our kids around uh, family, uh, grandma and grandpa. We've got two young girls. And, um, so there was a push from her to, to move back home and, um, two rivers high school created a position here as a health and fitness coordinator with a big portion of it being to, uh, um, create, a, a strength and conditioning program for the athletic department. And so we did that this year. And then just, uh, two weeks ago now, um, out of the blue, the Lake, the Lakeland university athletic director called me and they, uh, had a surprise uh, departure of their head wrestling coach. And, um, you know, we got talking about stuff and they really, um, I would say they recruited me back there and uh, to be the head wrestling coach and then uh, director of strength and conditioning at, at Lakeland University. So I'll be uh, starting there on August 1st and um, kind of hitting the ground running. I'm going to be able to uh, really, um, you know, build an entire um, strength and conditioning department uh, you know, we have about four or five assistant strength coaches there. And then uh, um, the wrestling program uh, is it, it's it's not where it was. We'll say that it's not where it was when when we were there before. But it's um, kind of an exciting challenge then to, um, you know, I always say, like, you know, in some respects, it, it can be easy when you're easier. It's never easy, but easier if you if you take over a really good program, it's almost like whoever takes over for Steve Jones at, at Kimberly High School, it's kind of like just don't mess it up, man. Don't mess it up. Right. Where you come into a program that needs to be built and it's like, all right, you know, there, you can kind of go in there and, and really like make a mark, you know? Well, I mean, Kimberly, if they could find some strength coaches over there, they'd be. They'd yeah, be that's true too. Yeah. You, <laughs> whoever comes in and follows Dean is going to be like, Oh man. Megan, we're doing our best. We're doing Mangan, our best. Megan, shout out, Megan, shout out. Hey, uh, coach. So, you know, just to listen to your bio, you've been in a, a lot of great places in our state. Uh, and we, you know, to our, our state's credit, um, we have incredible universities and colleges, you know, both pri private and public. Um, you've been in three different colleges. Maybe explain some of the similarities and differences. Um, because even though I, I think they're all three Division three schools, um, there's, there's definitely some differences with those schools. Um, and then maybe what athletes, you know, should expect you know, coming to, to, to your wrestling program, what, what, what they're going to get out of it. You know, obviously they're going to become a better wrestler, but maybe throw some of those, you know, recruiting, you know, tips out there as far as, you know, what, what you're going to do for these, for these young men and women, you know, if there, if there are women wrestling, um, you know, some of the things they're going to get out of the wrestling program. Sure. 
Um, well, yeah, um, again, all, all great universities. I mean, the WIAC, as you guys know, is just incredible for Division Three, all sports, you know. And so uh, the opportunity to coach at, at UWO and UWP is, uh, you know, the, the, the first obvious difference is just the size. The enrollment is much bigger, uh, where Lakeland is a small private school. And so, um, you know, there's pros and cons to both, you know, at, at the you know, larger universities, it's, it's probably less personalized, or it's just more like with your really with your team. And, you know, it's not quite as uh, maybe tight knit throughout where at, at Lakeland, for example, it's just, it's just so much more, um, uh, I guess, regular to be interacting so much more with um, other teams, because it's just it's smaller. So you get to know everybody a lot more. Um, you know, the UW system is great. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're going to have uh, things that are probably a little bit, little bit bigger um, facilities wise, like we had amazing facilities at Platteville, like the weight room there and stuff is incredible. Um, but, you know, you got state funding and stuff to, to provide for that where Lakeland is, is more private. And so you're trying to raise some funds or get some donations and things. But um, it, at Lakeland, it's just so much more of a, a family, a, a very personal environment. And not to say that Oshkosh or Platteville are not, but it's just more like you don't know everybody that's there. You don't even know you, know, you could be walking across somebody in the grocery store and they, they work in another building. You have no idea they're a fellow employee where at Lakeland, you're going to know all your, all your coworkers. And it's just really a, a different environment. So, um, you know, as far as like what to expect, as far as the, um, you know, the coaching aspect, I mean, I can only speak for my program, um, and how I do things, but, um, you know, I always try to just make sure number one, that the, the kids understand that, uh, the kids and the parents know that, um, they're going to be cared about as a person first and a wrestler second, you know, I mean, wrestling's, wrestling's great and all, but, you know, we're trying to develop them for success in life. And so that's always my, that's my mission is, you know, I want to combine the, um, the great academic experience they're going to have, uh, with a great wrestling experience that, um, hopefully if we, if we're able to do that, then, um, they're going to leave our university as just a very well-prepared and successful graduate, right? Like, I mean, I always say if, if a guy would win a national title or something, and then he, you know, you know, God forbid he, he didn't graduate or maybe he graduated, but he, you know, just kind of skated by with a 2.0 and, you know, maybe he moves back into his parents' basement and, um, you know, is pumping gas or something like that. Like that would be terrible for me. Like, yeah, you're a national champion, but like, there's like, what did you do with it? Yeah. What'd you do with it? And where it could be, Hey, if you're, you know, maximizing your potential, athletically and academically you're setting yourself up for success in life which you know at the end of the day that's where you can use the experiences of collegiate wrestling and the life skills that you learn from that to then kind of springboard yourself into success in life so that's that's always been been my approach and it's like yeah of course we're gonna you know we're gonna train hard um you know i'm gonna encourage uh, living the right lifestyle and all those things. But, um, as part of my program, it's always been my philosophy to, um, you know, really try to focus on developing as a, as a person and, uh, you know, be just being a good person and then, uh, trying to prepare them for success in life. Awesome. Coach, let's shift to the strength and conditioning part. You just, you took that challenge on at two rivers. Obviously it's a smaller high school, you know, on the, you know, the East side of Wisconsin here you know, closer to the lake by Manitowoc. And mm -hmm. you also got to work with collegiate athletes at, you know, a couple of different universities from the strength and conditioning. So when we talk that, what, what are some similarities and what are some of the big differences that um, you experienced being at the high school level and also being at the collegiate level? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I would say uh, the similarities were that, uh, you know, at the college level, you're working with all, you know, pretty motivated kids, especially in division three, you know, that's where the kids, they're not there for an athletic scholarship. And so they're there because they really want to continue. They have a passion for the sport, for what they're doing. Right. And so um, they're driven. And so I think that what I would notice is the driven kids are the same. Like you would kind of recognize, I mean, I had a kid in this morning, she's a cross country runner, very dedicated, 
um, super coachable. Like she's a kid that is, she's actually being recruited by many division one schools. And it's like, yeah, she's a college athlete. Like that's going to be where, you know, the difference is, um, you know, there's not as you're not working with all motivated driven kids. You know, there's kids that are there because their parents make them be there or it's, it's high school. So it's different than say the private sector where, where Brian's at, where, you know, maybe their parents are making them, but for the most part, the kids are probably there getting after it. And uh, so, you know, you find some of that, like, you know, how the NCAA, the statistics are like, um, I mean, for wrestling, uh, when you compare the number of participants at the high school level across the country, um, compared to the NCAA, just division one, two, and three, it's usually only about 3% of high school wrestlers are then able to make and maintain a roster spot at division one, division two, II, division three. So you're really working with some really good kids. But if you look at all sports, I think it's, it's usually around six to 7%. So at the college level, you're working with those kids and it's pretty fun. I mean, if anything, especially with wrestlers, a lot of times you have to say like, Hey, you need to take a day off, you know, where here it might be like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Where <laughs> you been at, you know? Um, but uh, so you have some of that, I, I think, but um, I mean, you know, like you said, the driven kids, it's, it's really cool um, working with those kids. And it's also cool. Like bringing kids along where all of a sudden, like they didn't know, like how, how much fun it was to, to make progress and get in shape. It's super rewarding at both college level and high school, you know? And I mean, we had uh, mostly athletes, but I had some non-athletes in there that just got into training. I mean, one kid came in as a senior and he couldn't do one push-up when he came in, he showed up in November, kind of out of the blue, very heavy, out of shape, uh, couldn't do one push-up and just kind of, you know, kind of encouraged him a bit and started working with him a little, he ended up losing, you know, about 50 pounds over the course of the year and then really got into training. And I, that was an opportunity like for me to say, okay, so this kid's a senior and he graduated and he, he could go into any gym now and knows what to do and not feel out of place. And for his lifelong health and fitness, you know, to just, so that's super rewarding, you know, and that, that's something that I think is the same. And, you know, coaching is coaching. It's like, if, if you strive to do it well, it can be very rewarding. And so whether you're working with high school kids or, or college kids, I mean, um, when you pour into them and then they, they give a great effort, it's man, it's super fun. And, um, just seeing them grow and improve. It's, um, it's just great. You know, that's why I love coaching. Coach, I think you really hit on a lot of great parts there. And that I think a lot of younger guys that are in college right now, they all want to jump to that division one level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see so much entitlement there. And now with the portal, as people are kind of coming and going, the division three, and I lo- we, both Brian and I both know just a lot of guys that have coached at the D3 level or the D2 level and then went to that D1 level. And a lot of times they said that was the most fun they ever had coaching. Cause like you said, it's that family atmosphere. You know, you get, yeah. you can hear it in your voice, you that passion of, you know, that family atmosphere and kids aren't getting paid to be there. Right. So they want to, they want to participate. And if you're that top 3%, like in your sport wrestling, and you're able to keep wrestling once you get out of high school, that that's crucial. And you know, those people usually aren't transferring. When you're at D3, yeah. you're, you're not hopping around. You're staying at Lakeland or yeah. Oshkosh or Platteville. And when you get done with school, you can identify with that. And you come right back to that university. And with those people that you played with or was on your team, you have this family bonding, this atmosphere, and this kind of safe place to go back and all these great memories. And I think that's huge part for a lot of young coaches because everybody – that I talk to lots of times. Well, I, I don't want to coach at the D3 level. I want to, I want to coach at a power five school. Yeah. And, you know, Brian can contest and he, he's been at Wisconsin. You know, there's some great with the division one and there's some bad as well. So I think any opportunity, if you love the coach and you just said that, if you love the coach, it don't matter. And I think that's why Brian had such a great adjustment from the collegiate level to the private sector is hey, kids are kids, whether, whether they're 10 years old or whether they're 18 it doesn't matter. We want to make a difference in these kids' lives. Yeah, 100%, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's such a rewarding profession um, to build relationships with kids. And 
it's just, uh, it's really cool. And just to see them learn and improve and, um, you know, and, and just for them to, to feel good about themselves, you know, to build just, it's, it's so much more, as you guys know, it's so much more than just, you know, banging weights. I mean, it's, it's building that self-confidence, their self-esteem. You just, you see a change in them as a, as a human being. And um, I mean, man, it's just, it's just awesome how then it, it can um, kind of filter into the other parts of their lives where all of a sudden they're just, they're doing better in school, right? I mean, they're, they're just, they're doing well, they're taking better care of themselves. And it's just like, you know, what coach doesn't want to just like be able to try to like make a positive impact on somebody's life. You know, it's gotta be so much more than, than single leg takedowns and, um, you know, trap bar deadlifts. Absolutely. I think that's, that's awesome. Um, coach. So now uh, maybe give some of our coaches out there, um, you know, maybe some tips as you've maybe transitioned into a new position, you know, cause you've gone to a couple of different mm -hmm. schools, you know, and even though, you know, like we talked about kind of same level, you know, you're different locations, obviously there's different cultures, um, maybe some tips that, that you are, or the process that you go through to help get yourself acclimated right away. And then, you know, kind of moving into that, that new situation in a positive manner. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, like you always like, I'm, I'm sure it's the same with you guys, but uh, you know, when you're at a place, like you never really think you're going to leave. Like, at least that's how I, I think about it. And then I always say like, when man plans, God laughs because all of a sudden circumstances <laughs> change and you're like, ah, this happened, that happened, or my wife really wants to move home or whatever. Even the fact that I'm going back to Lakeland is part of, I mean, I, I, I'm a believer in that, but I just think like, man, how's that happen? You know, like now I get back to two rivers and Lakeland's 30 minutes from here. So we don't have to move. She's in her hometown. She's good. Kids are at grandma and grandpa's house all the time. And now I can get back to coaching college wrestling, which is something I, I really love to do at a place that I was already at. Like that's, you know, very fortunate. So that that's kind of a side note. Like, you know, I, I guess I'm trying to say, like, I understand that, um, you know, I, I've made a, a few moves over the years, but also it's like, that's, that's kind of part of coaching to an extent and kids got to understand that. But um, as far as like, you know, giving any advice for coaches who are making that transition, I think the first thing it's always start with the people. Um, if you're taking over, you got to make sure you're making an effort to get to know the kids who are returning on the roster, um, start building a relationship with them, getting to know them um, as well as any coworkers, like, because as you guys know, like you win with people, you know, I mean, you can have the, the, the coolest weights with the logo on there or the biggest wrestling room or anything else. But if you don't have the right people, that doesn't matter. You know, it's a, the, the facilities aren't what wins championships. It's the people that maximize the use of their facilities. So you want to make sure you're, you're getting to know your people and, uh, and getting on board there. But then the other thing I think about is like, um, try to zoom out, um, and, and think, think big picture in terms of like, um, trying to focus on getting your system set up, um, before like, you, you know, you'll probably like, you'll end up, um, getting hit with all kinds of emails and texts and you're getting a, like an onboarding process with the university and all that. But, um, you can find yourself then like you get to the end of the day and you're feeling like, well, man, I did all these things, but I didn't really get anything of substance done. And so making sure, like, I, I'm a big believer in time blocking, like, you know, building out, don't just kind of go willy nilly into things and let your day, like, you know, let your day run you, you got to run your day. And so making sure like I'm blocking out certain hours of time, like literally block it out on my calendar that, okay, I'm setting up my recruiting system right now. I'm getting this um, my CRM set up the software I use and that, and then it's okay. I'm going to block out time where I'm getting my, um, strength and conditioning work done. Um, I'm working on building, calling these kids because otherwise you're just like reacting to everything all day. Um, so it's a way for you when you zoom out and you focus on like getting your systems in place in the long run, you're going to be a lot further ahead. Even if you got to take the first week or two to kind of like get everything organized and try to get some things in place. It's so that, you know, you can then, 
you know, be further ahead as you go. So I just think, you know, think big picture, focus on your systems and um, utilize the time blocking so that you're not just, uh, you know, overwhelmed and, and kind of reacting to everything. Like, I mean, we would never, we would never go into a run a, a strength workout or run a wrestling practice without, without a plan. Like we don't just show up and say, okay, let's just, uh, let's see what happens today. Right. So it's the same thing with our, you know, when we come in and especially in a transition when, you know, you're maybe like right now I'm finishing up at, at one school and I'm, so I'm making sure I do a good job finishing up here. You always want to leave it better than you found it. And then, you know, at the same time I'm working at night trying to get, you know, calling guys and, you know, get, getting everything organized there. So um, if you, if you don't get things organized and get your system in place, man, it can be, it can be really overwhelming. That was, that was for me, coach. I think one of the greatest lessons I learned being in the private sector, um, a good friend of mine, who's also a competitor of mine, but we still talk, um, you know, he owns gyms and, you know, I own gyms and things like that, but we still share information. He gave me a great piece of advice and he basically said, run your business. Don't let your business run you, mm -hmm. you know, because I was struggling with trying to find times to train for myself. And yeah. And you got, you, like you said, you got to block it off. So I think mm -hmm. it was a great message. Go ahead, dog. Hey coach, you know, we met through continue and ad, you know, mm -hmm. we were at the NHS SCA, you know, clinic and I, I noticed you are on Twitter. We follow each other and we're constantly continually trying to get better as coaches. We have a passion to help kids. So those young aspiring students right now that are in college, because you're going to have some of them now get back to yeah. the college level and they want to be a coach. And let's, let's be honest, we're, we're losing a lot in the profession, the teaching profession right now, the coaching profession, you know, there's, we're just losing a lot of great people out there and we need to have great people because, you know, coaches, teachers are, are making a difference in kids' lives in a positive way. So what kind of advice would you give them you know, as far as things that they can do to give them some stuff to put on their resume to really get them put in a position where they can get a job one and then be ready to go and make a big difference right away. Um, yeah. So like, for example, at Lakeland, they have exercise science as a degree program there. And so I'm going to certainly have, you know, um, kids who are interning and, in, you know, in, in strength conditioning stuff. And, um, certainly I love when my wrestlers go on to, you know, it always is rewarding when wrestlers go on into coaching after they're done, instead of being like, man, I wrestled for Darone, man. I, I am so done. I don't want to touch wrestling anymore. Like they want to stay with it, you know? So it's a, a rewarding thing, but, um, you know, as far as the continuing ed piece, it's like, I mean, obviously that's just, hopefully uh, young coaches understand, like, you know, it's, you don't just get your degree and get your CSCS and then you're like, okay, I got this all figured out. It's a constant process of, of learning. And uh, I mean, you gotta be passionate about it to, you know, just, just, you just are, are continuing to pursue knowledge because you want to serve the people that you're coaching at the highest level. And so, um, you know, certainly I think it's important. You, you got to go through the, you know, I don't want to say the hoops, but I mean, yeah, you need your undergrad and then, you know, you got to get certified in things, but then beyond that, you know, there's a difference between being certified and qualified, you know? And so I think over time, once you get on the floor and you're starting to coach, that's where you then learn a whole lot. Of, I mean, you, you know, not so much of the, the sets and reps, but it's like, okay, well, I got 60 football players and I have an hour and 15 minutes to train them. And I have six squat racks go, uh, well, you know, you got to make sure things are organized and how to, how to, um, get them into training groups and get the flow of the, the workout going. So, you know, you don't learn about that in the textbook. So I would say, you know, any young coaches get on the floor, um, you know, success leaves clues. And so if you can find, you know, somebody in your area that is doing what you want to do. If I was in the Appleton area or whatever, and I was somebody that wanted to be a strength coach, I would be knocking on your door asking if I could, you know, come just walk around all summer, be an intern and wipe the benches down, you know, clean the towels and stuff. Just, you know, and, and same with, with Brian. I mean, heck, if you're in Madison area, why wouldn't you go and try to learn from somebody like that? So that would be my advice is, since success leaves clues, go find successful people that are doing what you want to do. And, uh, and most people, 
like you guys know, coaches are so like, usually you pick up the phone, you call somebody and they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll talk with you. I mean, Door everybody's open, like, right. you know, so open. many times people like, Oh geez, I don't know. Could I call that guy? Could I ask him some questions? Yeah. Are they going to tell you every single thing? Oh, probably not. Right. Especially if you're a competitor, but everyone's open. And especially like an organization to get involved with is the national high school strength coaches association. Incredible coaching organization. Um, I mean, I, I've been, uh, been a part of it since I took this job a little bit before, um, Zach Evanesh is a friend of mine. And I know, uh, Brian, you yeah. were on his podcast a few weeks yeah. ago, and he's the one that referred me to this. He's like, Mike, you got to check this out. And, um, I'm getting in there and, and then, you know, they have like this, this private, uh, Facebook group that like, I posted a question in there and I, I had to delete it because so many people were responding and sending me messages hey i'll help you out let me get this and you know it was it's like overwhelming how eager everyone is to help and then you go to like the the national convention or the state convention like i ran into you guys at and it's like man everybody's just wanting to help everybody out so if you're if you're interested in, in being a strength coach especially with high school that that's really the you know that that's a movement right now schools across the nation are, are adding that as a, as a real, a full-time position. And it's such an awesome opportunity. So if anyone's interested in being a high school strength coach, I mean, they should be on that NHS SCA website. They offer a student um, membership. I think it's like $25 for a year. And I mean, the resources they put on there, like there's, there, there's no secrets, like all the presentations get put on there. I mean, Brian, your presentation on the conjugate system, you know, from the state clinic, that stuff gets on there. I mean, so even if you live in California, you can still learn from Brian Bott. So that is just one organization that I, I can't recommend enough for any young coach. I mean, and it's kind of like now that I've been a part of that, I'm like, geez, like the, the national wrestling coaches association does a really good job, but man, it's, it's tough when you're comparing it to the NHS SCA. Well, I know this in Appleton, there may be more than one door you can knock in here pretty soon. I just I'd throw that out there. Um, anyway, oh, he's, he's leaving us some cliffhangers <laughs> here. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, um, coach, we're gonna we're gonna put you on the spot. Okay, okay. This, this is this is our pick your favorite segment of the show. Oh, okay. Who's the toughest wrestler you've ever coached and why? Oh man, that it, isn't on this. This is spot. a tough question because pretty much every guy that gets on the mat has got to be pretty damn tough. So uh, yeah, so yeah. Basically, if, if yeah. I if I just pick one, then they're all going to want to fight me afterwards. Too, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah. A little different than yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's been tough guys ev everywhere I've coached, and like I said, I mean, even when I was a national team coach, I mean. I was coaching guys like Jesse Filkey who made the Olympic team and Ben Provisor made the Olympic team. And uh, I mean, just it really, really, when you say a tough wrestler, I mean, these guys are good. Like they're, they're world-class athletes. Um, but if I had to say just that true, like we're thinking of like the word tough and just being like that, that dude that was just a junkyard dog that would just, you know, blue collar, just love to show up and work. Um, there's actually, um, a guy named Ryan Reno. He wrestled, he's from Wrightstown high school. And then he, uh, he wrestled for me at Lakeland and he was one of those guys where, you know, at Lakeland, especially when, uh, when he was there, um, the facilities weren't even close to where they are now. And so, but he was one of those guys that didn't care. He just, um, he, he loved, like we would train outside in the winter. Um, and he we, would be like, you know, love and flipping the tires. Uh, you know, he was just a guy that like was so all in, man. Like if he was the guy that if you said, Hey, Ryan, we really need you to eat this box of nails here to win this dual meet. He, he'd eat the nails, you know? Um, I mean, he would be doing things like, like if I would have the kids set goals, you know, everybody setting goals about being a national qualifier and an all American and this and that. And Ryan's goal that he wrote down was, um, he just wanted to make it so that whoever he wrestled never wanted to wrestle him again. And that was always his goal. We do weekly goals. And he always I said, like, I'm going to try to awesome. beat the guy, but even if I don't beat him, I just, I just want him to kind of come off the map and be like, dang, like, 
that guy fought me the whole time. I don't want to fight that guy again. You know what I mean? Um, he, that's just how his, his level of intensity was just go all out win or lose, just lay it all out there. And that's what I loved about him. But then, um, and I don't want to get too long winded, but this dude is special. Okay. So here's some, some examples. So, um, his senior year, he was one of the top kids in the country. And, um, we're at a tournament at, uh, mid basically right at semester break. Um, and Ryan also, another thing that made him so dang tough was, um, in order for him to pay for school, he had to do the army national guard. And so he was balancing school, being a great college wrestler, and then also would have to go and um, do training on the weekends with the guard and different over the summer, he'd go, you know, for weeks at a time and do this training and whatnot. But um, so we're at a tournament in the middle of his senior year and he gets a call at the tournament um, from his commanding officer that said, Hey, Sergeant Reno, letting you know that um, your unit is being deployed to Afghanistan. And so he took the call and was like, okay. And so then uh, he didn't say anything to me that day. And then he still just beat everybody up and he won the tournament. And then the next day he set up a meeting with me and and dropped it on me. And he was, he was emotional, um, but he got, got refocused and he just, he wasn't going to be deployed until like that summer, that, that coming summer. And so he decided because he didn't know what was going to happen. Um, he had 24 more credits he needed to earn to graduate. And so he talked to the registrar and he took 24 credits his last semester in order to graduate that spring. And I mean, and he qualified for the national tournament. He was still wrestling. Um, he had a lot on his mind cause he's thinking, you know, he's, He's whatever, he's 20, 21 years old, he's 21, and he's getting deployed, he's moving from his family, taking 24 credits, qualifying for the national tournament, like, he was just a tough son of a gun, man, and that, that's, you know what I'm saying, like, he would outfight you on the wrestling mat, but mentality-wise, and I'm going to share one more story, because this is a special coaching story, and this, this guy, clearly you can tell this guy made an impact on me, right? right. So then, when he got done, when he, after he got back from being deployed, um, I had an opening as an assistant coach. So I recruited him down to Platteville and he was an assistant coach with me down there. He's also a strength coach. He's a CSCS guy. And so, um, but when we were coaching, one of the things you do at the end of the season, we put together a highlight film to show at our banquet. Okay. And I had assigned that to him about four weeks before the banquet. And so he was working on it, cutting all the clips and putting music to it and really making it nice. You know, if he did something, he wanted to make sure it was done really well. And so we had, um, it was a Thursday afternoon. He kind of showed me like, he's like, yeah, I'm almost done with it. I'll show you this stuff. And then, um, uh, so like I went home that night and we had a, a practice scheduled the next morning, a lift and uh 6 15 AM. So I went in that morning at six. And, um, I kind of noticed, like, I was like, Oh, kind of weird. Like Reno's got the same clothes he had on that he did when I left last night, but I'm like, oh, well, maybe he slept in his clothes and he's just, you know, he's there at five 30 working out, whatever. So we get through the workout. And then after we got done, he's like, ah, I had a really rough night. And I said, yeah, I kind of could notice that, you know? And uh, I said, what happened? He goes, well, after you left, the hard drive crashed on my computer and I lost that entire highlight film project that I've been working on for weeks. And I'm like, Oh dude, don't worry about it. Like everyone will understand like that stuff happens. He goes, Oh no, I stayed here all night and I, and I got it done. And I was like, you did what? And he said, yeah, I just, I, I just, I started it over and I worked all night. And then he said, I figure by, by tomorrow afternoon, I should have it done. And I'm like, what's his name? Ryan Reno. I'll hire him. Tell him. Yeah, dude, I'll, dude, I'll, if you I'll, could, I'll, he's yeah. special. Like you I'll, don't get yeah, that. Right. And him. the thing is, I didn't get a text like, Hey, my, Hey, I'm really right. sorry. This no, happened. I'll hire him in a heartbeat. It, it was a response. It was, and he still, he was at the practice the next morning. Right. He didn't tell me anything about it until how many people would be like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I can't do that. Or I mean, he was just, he was at practice and you would have not noticed. Right. I mean, that's why when you say he's the toughest guy, like it, it goes well beyond the wrestling mat. Just what he brings, the level of commitment he brings to everything he does. He's one tough son of a gun, man. Ryan, if you're listening, give me a call. All right. I, I will let him know. He's uh, he's working yeah. full time for the for the army. 
uh, now, but uh, he's, he's a really talented coach and just a special person. So um, hopefully we can get him some job offers out of this deal. <laughs> well, hey, coach, one. Make sure you give us his contact information. Yeah. Cause we definitely want to tag him in on this. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, this is why we do what we do. You can just the passion and the difference at, you know, our student athletes, do for us and the impact that they have on us is just unbelievable. And we can see that and it's vice versa. So that this is just one of those things where we could talk on and on and on about so many great things. Yeah. That's why we do, but let's just switch one thing to this youth wrestling. Cause I've been around the high school level a lot. And I've seen a lot of, you know, I peek in, I'm not a wrestling coach, but I peek in and I see youth tournaments and I see some dads, you know, yelling at their kids in the hallway and, 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 and stuff like that. Oh. So you, what kind of advice? And it, it was one of these questions we asked coach Davis, uh, Barry Davis, when he was on is what kind of advice do you give to some of those fathers? Cause it seems like, you know, wrestling is one of those sports where, you know, it's one of those things. A lot of times a dad does, you know, their son and daughter does, and it, it's a, it's a family type sport and it's in the blood, but I think sometimes it can get carried away especially at the developmental age when those kids are really, really young. And I, I think sometimes it can go a little bit overboard from what I've witnessed. So what, what advice yeah. do you have as a college strength coach? And I know you got kids of your own too, is what kind of advice would you give to those parents? Cause it's probably every parent that's in that situation. If you're a college wrestler is extremely competitive. Yeah. And, you know, and coach bot myself, you know, we, we coached our kids and, and we get it. We've been through it. And, you know, every parent wants what's best for their kid, but let's throw some uh, golden nuggets and some knowledge okay. out to really help those parents. Cause I think it's tough for parents. Yeah. I mean, we all know like every parent wants what's best for their kid. And so they're just thinking that they're doing what's best. But the first thing that pops into my head when you ask about that is chill out, like, like relax a little <laughs> bit, man. Right. I mean, they're, they're young. They're so young. And so the other advice would be Google the term long-term athletic development and understand that process of that, you know, you're, it, it doesn't really matter if they win, like at the youth levels, like, you know, who wins in youth wrestling, right? It's, it's the kid with the beard. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, man, it's just the kid who's ever more physically mature is uh, usually the one that wins. And so it's like, you're not even really comparing apples to apples when it comes to like where they're going to be down the road. And so the hopefully, um, you know, from a skill development standpoint and a training development standpoint, it should be to, um, like I said, just Google long-term athletic development. I know you guys know all about that, but just um, try to understand to bring them along gradually and if you're going to do that if you're going to keep them in the sport so it should be enjoyable right you want to make it enjoyable how many times like this is a major issue in wrestling is uh, you talk to any high school wrestling coach you, you'll almost hear not all of them but many of them will say well yeah, I don't know you know we got 100 kids in our youth program but then we only got 10 kids out for the high school team and it's like okay well clearly you got a problem there's a disconnect they're not having fun they're having a bad experience I mean, so what's going on there, right? And so would be, let's let's make sure it's enjoyable. So the parents and the youth coaches um, got to try to, you know, make it fun. You can still get a lot done making it fun. Like, um, you know, I do this still with my college guys. I do it with young kids, but uh, like so many times I, I, the kids, I think they get scared away or just turned off by the sport because, you know, it's always like, oh, well, uh, you see some coach in there and he's being very demeaning to kids. And then like, he's making them do push-ups for stuff as a punishment. And I'm always like, dude, exercise is never that, punishment. That's so wrong. I said, yeah. So we do the exact opposite. Everything we do, like if we play a game, if we're competing, if you win, you get to do 10 push-ups. If you lose, you only get to do five. Right. And usually the kids are like, no coach I think you're confused I'm like no the work is the reward man right we want you to love working out so if you if we're doing takedowns and you got a minute hey whoever gets the most takedowns if you win you get to do two sprints if you lose you only get to do one and so it's more it's developing that mindset of 
man, I love to go hard. And that's how I get better instead of being turning them off from the hard work with, you know, punishing them with push-ups and sprints. It's like, don't you know what you're doing, man? Like right. they're always going to view that as a negative thing. And so, um, you know, I think that's, that's really important. And then just, you know, keeping them hungry, man. Uh, so many times parents get, you know, I, they, they ask me and the best coaches, Barry Davis, um, Kale Sanderson, Tom Brands, they all say like, Hey, don't be cutting weight. Like that's why there's, you know, in, in international wrestling, there's six weight classes in college. There's 10 weight classes in high school. There's 14 at the youth level. It's like, there's every, I mean, I don't know how many there are. They're like every three pounds for a reason, like, because you don't need to cut down. Right. It's just, they put them every three, four pounds because they want you to wrestle about how much you weigh. And instead you hear people talking about like, yeah, he's, he's cutting weight this week. It's like, he's eight. Like that's like abuse, man. Like, don't do that. Um, and they say, well, he wants to, and I'm like, yeah, but he wants to eat ice cream every meal. And he wants to stay up and watch TV all night, but you don't let him do that either. Right? Like that's not an excuse. You're the parent. Like, yeah, he wants to, and that's your opportunity to say, yeah, well, you know, I, I studied this thing called long-term athletic development and, you know, we're going to, we're going to put off like when it all costs now for when you're, when you're older and it maybe is a little bit more meaningful because, you know, there's so many factors at play when they're young and when, when they're going to hit uh, puberty and, you know, more physically mature and all those things. So that would be my, my advice. Um, you know, um, hopefully I don't, you know, tick anybody off, but it's just, it's just how I feel like, you know, make it enjoyable, chill out under, now think big picture, where are they going to, where do you want them to be, you know, in high school and maybe even in college, if they have such a great experience, um, you know, get away from the weight cutting, even the thing like people are doing, oh, well, he's wrestling, you know, two, two or three tournaments in a weekend. It's like, you know, how hard wrestling matches are. And so for a young kid, you're in there wrestling 10 matches in a weekend. Like I always thought would be really fun to do would be to have a parent practice where the kids are going to be in practice. All right. And I'm going to run the parents through the kids practice and they're going to, all right, Brian and, and Brian and Dean. All right. You're out here in front of everybody. All right. We're going takedowns. And you think about the anxiety of that, like, okay, I have to fight in front of everybody. Right. But then even just the fact of when you're, when you're in there in a match and there's that, that level of um, intensity and then everybody's screaming at you and, you know, at, at youth tournaments, that's almost like a, like dog fighting or something. I mean, you, people are packed in there, you know, grandma's got their video camera up and then uncle Billy's saying, shoot, shoot. And all this, <laughs> the kids are like, ah, you know, it's, it's crazy. So then they do that. I mean, they're, it's already such a tough sport. So I just think of like, if we could ever get skip parents, like just go through, go through a practice. And so you get a better understanding of how hard this really is. And then put your foot on the line, go to an old timers tournament and just, just understand, do that, do that once and wrestle three matches in a day and then recognize, ah, I probably don't need them having to wrestle 10 matches in a day because how, it, I mean, it's, it, you're using every muscle in your body. I mean, it, it's so intense. And so I just think it would be fun to get them through a practice just to even put them through a warm up doing our, you know, stunts, tumbling, um, you know, just a variety of different drills. It would probably be a real like wake up call for some of those parents that are just, you know, really driving their kids and, um, you know, taking things overboard. You know, it's like, like anything, even in strength training, where, where do you, where do you actually uh, realize the gains when you recover, right? Like you work hard and then recover hard. And so it's, it's not like, you, you don't want to be overdoing it. You're trying to find that optimal effective dose. You know, I mean, you could, they, they make, uh, you know, children's Tylenol for a reason, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's 25 milligrams and then they have regular Tylenol, right? And it's 125 or whatever it is. You're going to, you don't give the kids the 250 milligrams of Tylenol that you take because it's not safe for them, right? That's the same thing in wrestling. Like you don't need to have them wrestling as many matches as um, the the high school senior at 
Kimberly High School. Like they don't they don't need that right now because it's not age appropriate. So um, I'm sorry I'm getting long winded on this, but you you probably uh, you, you open Pandora's box there just because it, it fires me up because I want kids to love the sport like I do. I mean, I didn't even start wrestling until I was a freshman in high school, right? And so it's like, man, like I heard somebody somebody said, oh yeah. I, I wanted to start my son in wrestling, but he's, he's seven. And so I think it's a little too late. I'm like, he's seven. Like who, what, you know, well, everybody else is starting at five and it's like, yeah, who cares? Like, I mean, it's, uh, so anyways, sorry to go off on that big tangent, but, uh, hopefully I made a little bit of sense there. Coach. Yeah. First of all, I love the passion. Second of all, I think that that's true of any sport, you know, would yeah. love, love to see parents go through a full practice understand the amount of reps, you know, whether it's, you know, softball, baseball, tennis, you know, anything that, that require every sport requires repetition at a young age, right? That's how you learn. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's a great message for, you know, youth organizations. Hey, take, bring your parents in, let them take, you know, let them take a hundred ground balls and see how many they field. And then right. like I said, let's see them hit a ball, you know, at 80 miles an hour, you know what I mean? Cause that's what those kids are seeing at 10 years old, you know, or yeah. anything like wrestling and all that other stuff, how physically demanding it is. Um, I think we lose sight of that when we played, you know, the technology, the training wasn't as oh, good. Yeah. Athletes weren't as good. You see it in the NBA. The athletes in the NBA are way better than they were 20 years ago, even though Jordan's yeah. the best player to ever play. Um, you know, so there's a lot and recovery. Everything's different now. So, yeah. Um, you so know, one more thing on that, just as you're saying that, like with, with youth sports in general, like my daughter's in softball right now, she's seven and, you know, um, just, it's, it's just rec league stuff, keeping it pretty simple. But I always think here's a, here's an important thing for parents to, to realize is, um, I've heard this before, like, you guys know what, uh, is often like the most, uh, like stressful part of participating in youth sports, whether it's practice or a game parents, it's, probably. It, well, it's the ride home, right? Because yeah. on the way home, you know, it can, it could go two ways, right. In, in a, in a real positive environment, maybe the mom or dad says, man, uh, did you have fun? And yeah, I had fun. Well, boy, I, I love watching you practice or I love to watch you play and leave it at that. But many times it's the other way of like, well, you, geez, you missed those three ground balls today, or how come you couldn't get a hit? I mean, what was up with that? You know, you missed that tackle or gosh, you got taken down five times at practice. It's like, they're like, you know, again, it's, it's that microscope over top of the kids versus the, the telescope, you know, thinking big picture. It's almost, yeah. Cause the kids sit in the back seat. They're like, well, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Cause that's, that's, what, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what they're internalizing. You know, what's wrong with me? Why, you know, why couldn't I feel those three ground balls and why, you know, the, the, the best response is you think you could have feel the dose. No, kids shouldn't <laughs> say that to their parents. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a constant battle, you know, yeah. especially with uh, a lot of times it's, it's really interesting, you know, um, and I'm just going to kind of put this out there. Some of my most successful teammates or guys I've coached understand the concept better than those that weren't that successful. Yeah. When I talked to some of my former Badger players that have young, that have young kids, you know, and these guys are playing the NFL and they're just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, she ran the wrong way on the bases and she's 10 years old. You know, my daughter did the other day and, you know, my kid made a shot in the wrong basket. And I just laughed, you know, and it was, you yeah. know, and I, I just think there needs to be more of that at the youth level, because not only are you stressing the kids out, but you're also stretching, stressing their coach out who's volunteering right. their time, you know, and you hear mom or dad yelling, you know, from the, from the stands, like the coaches are, you know, so anyway, yeah. um, we got some athletes listening. So real quick, you've given us some great tips, but you know, our, our, our athletes listen to try and get a competitive advantage from our different coaches and, and athletes. Um, what's the best advice you'd give them outside of eating nails? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so the best advice for athletes who would be listening would be, um, um, I would say um, consistency. That'd be the best advice. Show up and do the work, man. Chop wood, carry water. I mean, just show up every day and do the work. Um, because then 
little things add up to big things. You know, I mean, you're trying to stack those small wins day after day, week after week, month after month. You know, I I tell the kids, uh, like you keep showing up and the weights will keep going up. You know, it's like they're in there. I mean, and, and as you guys know, it's like, man, making those small gains of five pounds per week. Like I always kind of try to explain it simply to them. Like, um, you know, and, and this is very like general. I mean, obviously it's not a, um, a, a written rule, but I mean, just think about if you showed up, like how happy would you be if you increased your bench press 250 pounds, right? Well, five pounds a week times 50 weeks a year, you're at 250 pounds, right? And so it's little things add up to big things. And so, but then if you apply that same concept to whether it's wrestling or to your academics, like to, you know, for us in our, in our careers, show up every day, do the work, right? Like you're just, you're trying to just stack layer upon layer upon layer and you just climb. And um, so I think consistency is, uh, you know, that's the best advice I can give. And um, you're not always going to feel like it. And that's, those are the days that you definitely show up, right? Like whether you feel like it or not is irrelevant. Like you, you, you show up because that's the principle. Like you, you got to show up right now. There's going to be days too, where you're going to need some days off, right? Like that's recovery is part of any good training program, but it's almost like, uh, like you're showing up by actively recovering. Like you're doing the things necessary, even on your off day is you're, you're making sure that you're, you know, doing the right things as far as your, your hydration and your nutrition and your lifestyle, who you're hanging out with. Um, you know, that, that type of stuff, it's, it's all encompassing, all encompassing, but it's like, man, consistency just seems to be like the deal. You know, the kids just, just are there. I mean, you're, you're just, you're bound to improve in anything you do. And maybe you won't be at the very top, but if you just are, are committed to the process, like you should like outline the process. You always hear people saying nowadays, Hey, trust the process and all this. And I a hundred percent agree but you like so many times people are just like hashtagging that and they're throwing it out there, but like, what is the process? Doing it. Yeah. Right. You like let's, I'm saying like, all right, like let's get a, almost to an extent, like a checklist of these things. Like we all know, like it's, it's hydration, it's nutrition, it's sleep, it's strength training. It's, it's mental skills training. It's getting the right coaching getting over to, uh, you know, Fox Valley throws camp for extra reps with a, another coach. It's okay. What do I need to do to improve? Just do those things consistently. And I mean, you're, you're bound to improve. You're going to be a whole lot better. And man, just when you're getting better, even if you're not the very best, right. It just, if you're focused on improving yourself, you're going to feel good about that. And, uh, and you're going to be continuing to be more motivated to, to keep showing up and doing the work, right? Like, I mean, you, you, you never want to be getting caught up in this concept of like, um, comparing yourself. Right. I mean, and, and that's tough because in athletics, obviously we're competitors, right. But if you can kind of step your way back, like definitely you put your foot on the line, go, go fight, like try to win. Right. But comparison is the thief of joy. You know, it's like if you're if you're so concerned about what everybody else is doing, uh, you know, you're you're losing time on the focus of what you could be doing to, to improve yourself. So that's that's my tip is just, you know, focus on yourself, outline the process, work the process, um, you know, recognize improvement and then celebrate achievement. Yeah, I think, I mean, consistency and, and Dean, you know, this is one of our, our three pillars at Sports Advantage. It's the foundation of, of everything you do, you know, win the day. You know, yeah. And like you said, keep stacking days up. And it, it's like anything with training, throwing, playing, wrestling, you're not going to win every day. You're just not, it's not going to yep. happen, but your intent to win the day has to be there. You have to give effort to do it because that's just going to train you, you know, I mean, you know, I think one of the Steve Jones, we've all listened to Steve talk when adversity hits, you fall back on your training. Yeah. And that's just, that's just so synonymous coach, man. This is awesome. Dean, you found us another good one. Another good one, dog. You're, you're, you could be the uh, 2022 recruiter of the year right now. This, this was fantastic. Well, I knew coach was going to be awesome and, you know, let's continue to keep sharing stuff and we'll stay in touch coach. 
their own, and we wish you good luck at Lakeland University now. Yeah. And, and, and turning that wrestling program or getting that wrestling program back to an elite level because we know you're going to with that passion and, and kids are going to be attracted to your passion and to your uh, excitement and everything else. So great things are going to be happening there and also helping them with that strength and conditioning program. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm, I'm super fired up. Um, I do, you know, I enjoyed my time at the high school level, but I I do recognize for me, it's like, you know, you think about fit. I I think the college level, and I think right at that D three is really a a great spot for me. It's just, I can really connect with, with those kids. And uh, so I'm super pumped. I mean, they've, they've made a commitment um, to, to rebuilding the wrestling program. I mean, they're, they're, they're excited about it. And, uh, I mean, Lakeland, if, if, you know, people out there, if you don't know, it's, it is a small school, it's not for everybody, but, um, it's really an awesome place. Like people care. Um, that's the one thing I always talked about is just like people care at Lakeland. It's, It's truly a, a family environment. And, um, they have some really unique things that they've, since I was there before, um, they have like a, a co-op program that's set up for most of the, the degrees. So um, they've, they've partnered with uh, a number of different large companies and businesses in the area um, that will um, provide uh, a paid um, a, a job for the kids that are in the field that they want to pursue, that they're pursuing their degree in. And so they can both like pursue their degree and get, you know, basically like you're going to walk out of there with a degree in one hand and a resume in the other, because you're already going to have that experience. Um, and, and, you know, getting paid to do that is uh, helping them to pay for school as well. So that's one of the kind of the, the really unique things about Lakeland. And then, um, you know, on the wrestling side, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a challenge, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's just, we're going to try to find kids that, you know, they want to be cared about. And uh, they just they want to show up and, and work as hard as they can and then just see how good they can get. Awesome. That's awesome. Coach, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, wish you the best of luck. Um, everybody check the show notes. We're going to have a lot of tags in there for people to check out and follow on social media. So this wraps up this, this episode. Episode is what the word I was looking for of the Get Your Edge podcast. And we will see you next time. Chop it.